Hey everybody, Karenzina here. I am a marriage and family therapist pursuing my doctoral degree in behavioral health. Hi everyone, it's Chevy and I am Karenzina's older sister. Um, I am an administrative supervisor, also in behavioral health as well. Um, so this is Period Sis. It's the podcast that covers everyday life from mental health, spirituality, sexuality, and a whole lot of other issues. A whole lot. Whole it's lot. Hang in there. <laughs> hey, y'all ready for another one? Where'd that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea, but I was so ready to be your hype man. Bruh, <laughs> seriously, you don't remember what it comes from? Uh, no. What was Damani? Booty call. When they were playing the card games. It was Nikki. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she did. Maybe you should have said it in I her voice. I did say it, it in her like... voice. Help me. <laughs> I said, y'all ready for another one? That's how she did it. And then she said, well, what is the love in this room? Yeah, she did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So, obviously, I'm Charisma. How y'all doing today? Hey, y'all. It's Chevy. <laughs> so, today, we are going to have a special guest at some point. My nephew and, obviously, that my sister's my son. baby. Yes. Jamarian, Pup, Mario, all those things that we like to call him. All those things. <laughs> Why don't you tell him what we're going to be talking about in the episode today? So today we are going to be discussing the whole Black Lives Matter movement. We're going to be talking about um, our feelings on the situation. We're going to also be talking to him, getting his feelings as to how he feels growing up as a young Black man in regards to all that is happening. Crazy, crazy world we living in. Yeah, because it ain't right. There's too much it's going on. Right. Today I was looking at um, a travel blog because, you know, I, I like to travel. I'm a Sagittarius. It's in my blood. I can't help it. And the more I see places that are like, oh, you can't come, you know, U.S. or Americans can't come and visit us until X, Y, and Z. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm living in this hellhole. So if I want to take a vacation exactly. from all of this chaos, I still can. Nope. Ain't no vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you guys. I thought it was important to tell you um, about Black Lives Matter. So I got this directly off of their website. Um, and so it says Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer. Black Lives Matter Foundation Incorporated is a global organization in the US, UK, and Canada whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes by combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation and centering black joy. We are winning immediate improvements in our lives. Nowhere in that statement, just, you know, so we got it straight. Does it say white lives don't matter? Or anybody else's lives don't matter. Just, you know, just for reference. Right. Okay. Right. But we putting emphasis on our movement and the crap we've been going through, it should have been created, you know, but the crap that we've been going through for centuries, for decades, for ever, you know, like it's just forever. Well, at least 400 years in the U.S. Right. Right. And it's like, you know, I could go back and forth and talk so much about, um, you know, just, man, bro, we done had to get it out the mud. Like, we've had things, like, taken from us. And, you know, it's just then got to a point where I understand the anger that is being expressed. You know, I understand. And the ones who don't understand it is probably the ones that has never faced a, a, a racial um, eradication and I'm going to say this because I have you know living here um, in Baton Rouge we've had a few you know big situations that happened right out here in Baton Rouge one with Allison Sterling um, 
kind of hush mouth about it because I think the family was kind of paid off on some things, but um, that still doesn't justify this man's life when he absolutely did not deserve to go down that way. But just to talk about my own experience um, here in Denham Springs, you know, I was a um, counselor and I was out in the field with one of my clients and um, we were at her high school and I was standing outside. I was the only black person out there, um, but I was out there with her mom, the principal, um, the guidance counselor at the school and her grandmother and her. Um, So we were out there talking and some guys passed by on the truck. Um, The first time they passed by, they didn't say anything. But then they came by again and they was like, hey, nigger, get the fuck out of here. And so I'm like, wait a minute. Like, is this or are we not in the 2000s? Like, people still really doing this? Like, what is going on here? So... You know, anybody who knows me knows that I tote, I carry, I do. I have a concealed weapon, and I do keep it on me. <laughs> don't try me. <laughs> I ain't no killer, but don't push me. Baby. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's like these days you have to. You have to protect yourself because I wasn't going to let you run me from where I was. I did get a little scared, um, and I got a little nervous, but it's like... I wasn't doing anything, you know, this is just, and these were youth, you know, and they came back by again. So they rolled by like three times. So but how how did you say, feel in that moment? And like, how did the other people around you respond? Cause I'm not sure what their races were, but I'm just curious about their reactions. So everybody around me was Caucasian. Okay. I was the only uh, black person that was out there. And um, honestly, they responded, I guess, as best as they could. You know, they were like, well, what was that for? Like, that was so inappropriate, you know. Um, and, you know, the grandmother was just like, it's so sad how some people are still raising their children. You know, and it's it's learned behaviors that just go on and on for generations. Like, denim is very prejudiced, you know, and it's, it's sad because I work there. Yeah. You know, I have well yes I have I've encountered it at work too but this was from clients you know and I I have co-workers that I absolutely love I mean I talk to them I hang out with them so um I just I, I don't I don't know I, I think it's a when, it's a learned behavior I well I agree with that when do you think you remember like your first instance or first um, incident where you realized like maybe someone was being racist. Do you remember how old you were or what happened? Absolutely. I was in seventh grade. My best friend was a white girl named Amanda and um, our school was a Northeast and Northeast was pretty much half and half, maybe, maybe a few more black people than white, but um for the majority, the white ones that did go there, it wasn't like we just it felt like we was just growing up together. It wasn't a lot of racism that was there. Um, so the racism that was kind of dealt with back in. Um, but I have a head uh white supremacy, they have a clan organization. Um and you know, I've been blessed and founded any of that. But me to braid her hair, do different things. And she came to school and she said, I'm "Not braiding no more." Mom made it down, and um, I. And then she was like, and I was like, "Wait!" And they, you know, they asked her who braided her hair, and she told them, "Her, they were like, you can't." with the black girl what's wrong wow. you know and it was like oh. in seventh grade because we really didn't see it a white friend you know it was we were just um um i then but then i left you know i kind of went and came to stay with you all for a little while so um I just didn't really talk to him after that. Yeah. 
I, I kind of tried to look her up on Facebook like not too <laughs> long ago, but um, I didn't have any success, so I I don't know if her last name changed or whatever. But Probably I don't know. Has. I yep. um I think as early as I can remember, you were in seventh grade. I'm pretty sure I was in fourth grade. We had moved to Mississippi, and I in our school, which was real tiny, we had. Oh, gosh, I must have had about maybe 15 classmates. So it was one class per grade, literally one Mm -hmm. fifth grade, one fourth grade, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so there were about 15 of us, and it was maybe three or four black kids. I think it was more like three. And Mm -hmm. um, I won't say her name, but one of our rules, I think, at the school was like, if you're going to do invites to kids, then everybody has to get an invite in the classroom. And so this girl was giving out invitations. I think it was after school. And so it wasn't technically in the classroom. And I just asked her, I don't know why, but I was like, hey, I didn't get an invitation because I'm thinking here we are, we're friends. And I, to this day, remember her saying, oh, I'm sorry, I can't invite you because my mom doesn't like black people. Oh, and I just didn't know how to respond. I'm pretty sure I just shook my head, like nodded my head and walked away because I'm in fourth freaking grade. Like, how do you respond to that? And and up until that point, I had never really experienced that. So it was sort of a shock to the system. That is in fourth yeah. grade. Yep. I think and, we, you know, it's. It's crazy because you don't want to raise your kids that way, but it's seeming like it's starting to happen younger and younger. Um, So you want them to be educated, but you also don't want to ruin their little minds to have them thinking a certain way, you know? It's like you kind of in a hard place because, you know, Kai's here and we go to, we live in a predominantly white area now. Um, there is some black, but it's not a lot. Um, and then, you know, everybody that's around us, even everybody she goes to school with, majority of them are white. And she doesn't have a problem with that, and neither do, do I. You know, but, you know, she always asks me to go play with her friends and things like that. And my the, the one speaking of, um, I mean, they're super, super sweet never had any issues, never anything. But it's like, how do you break that conversation to a six-year-old to kind of tell them what's acceptable and what's not? You know, don't let somebody say these things to you or let me know if this happens to you, you know, without making them have judgment on the other race. Like, what do you do? Right. See, that's where I always, I really believe in the, the things like, you know how they have books about black boy joy and black girl magic and all of those things. Mm-hmm. I think the, that kind of mentality is important to teach your child positive affirmations because when someone does come up to them, you don't want them to internalize that and be like, well, because they said it's true. It, you know, they said it, it must be true. So if you start teaching right, them from right. a young age, I'm beautiful. Yes, I'm different, but that makes me amazing, et cetera, et cetera. The more they believe it and the less those harsh statements are going to, you know, affect them. Sure, it's going to be a a problem, but then they can come home and tell you, hey, mom or hey, dad, this is what happened to me. And then that's when you can have that conversation and explain that it's okay to be different. Right, right. Yeah, and we've had those conversations before, you know, it got down to the hair why I can't wear my hair like this? <laughs> Why my hair doesn't do this? Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's, and that was at four. So, you know, it's, it's, I know it's coming, you know, but it's just like, I don't know. I just want her to be happy. Um, and I feel like she got to walk on eggshells and to be who she is, like have her individuality. Um, cause we know she's very outspoken <laughs> yes, she is. and has a whole lot of personality. So, you know, I, I think she's going to be fine. I don't think she's going to be that child that I have to worry about. Mm. Um, she definitely will stand up for herself. That, that's not an issue. No, but if anything, <laughs> you have to pick her up from school for, for popping somebody. Hey, uh-uh. from popping somebody. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, pop, pop. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Right. Um, so um we're gonna bring in Jamar in and um he's gonna tell us, you know, how he feel and if he's ever encountered, you know, any situations and just what's his opinion on everything as being a young black man. Welcome Jamarian. Hey, cool. uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think? You're the one who brought this topic to our attention. Right. So um, let's talk about it. The whole Black Lives Matter thing, to me, I felt like needed to happen. And like like that was the only way it would kind kind of get our point across, whether it be to police, the government, like just like like to just bring awareness to the whole entire um like police brutality, mistreatment towards blacks. Um like just all of it in general. Yeah. Like do you ever worry about yeah. Does it make you nervous? Nervous? Um about like just going out in public in general? Yeah, you know, just I mean, you have dreads, you you like six one, you know, you're a big guy, so your look in itself can be intimidating, um, without somebody knowing you. Like you you like a gentle giant. Yeah. Like, you know, but somebody who wouldn't know you, you know, like does it ever run across your mind or does it ever say because here's what I wanted to know you know, as a parent, because I used to fuss at him about, like, certain ways he wanted to wear his hair and certain things he wanted to do, and it was because I didn't want to, him to be stereotyped, and it's sad that we have to move our identity to fit into this culture or to fit into this world and society. Like, you can't be who you want to be or who you are because you're something may right. happen if you look a certain way. You know, but I finally gave him that moment to you know, do what he needed to do and, you know, express himself in a way that was, like, he, he needed to be happy for himself. Like, you know, I was like, okay, I can't keep picking out haircuts for him. He's 15, he's 16, you know. Like, this is getting to a point where I got to back up and let him do him, you know, see how he feel about things. But, like, does any of that ever run across your mind or? Um, yeah, I can say it does, especially with me having dreads. Yeah, it runs. It runs across my mind, like especially since we live in over here, like where we live, like in Central, it's a lot of like it's white people too. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like if I go into a store or something like that, look at me, or like or like just by my hair, I don't want them to think that like I'm about to steal something out of the store or mm-hmm. you know you know like just get mistreated because I look like. You know, I might sell weed or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of you know, and a lot of them think about that just because somebody have dreads, right? You know, they associate. Yeah, the they associate mm-hmm. with drugs or just being a gangster or something like that. Like, I mean, like, right? I, I don't know. And Jamari, we just had a conversation about that. We were on Snapchat, and sure, it was joking, but the undertone was serious because you were talking about exercising. And you wanting to just go run, but being nervous to go run around your neighborhood because you have locks and because you are six one and because you are a young black man. And that made me sad after the fact. Oh, well, it is sad because, I mean, damn, we know what just happened to the black guy right. that was running in his neighborhood in Georgia. I mean, like, you know, that that can very well happen to him as well you know and you have to think about those things because it's sad to say but I mean we got people who rebel flags around here on their freaking porches confederate flags you know and it's like um okay let me just keep strolling you know nobody's ever said anything or got out of the way but we have a like a Facebook group in the subdivision and they say things sometimes that makes me a little uncomfortable and sometimes I, I want to address it but then I'm like why you know like what is it gonna change anything and when i have to think that way or feel that way then i don't want to target 
I don't want to target myself. Yeah, it does. And that's that's the whole premise of this Black Lives Matter movement is because we as Black people, as minority members, have to go through life and all of those little things that other races don't necessarily have to worry about, we do. Like something as simple as um, getting your receipt in the grocery store, right? I make make a conscious effort to get my right. receipt, even though I'm like, I don't need it. You know, I don't need all this extra paper because I don't want to get stopped and then not have a receipt and can't prove that I bought something when I did simply because I am black. I don't know if any I've seen yeah. it a lot. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed that that tends to happen more with black people <laughs> that we're like, yeah, give me the receipt so people don't think I just stole this. I don't know. Like, Every time I yeah, like... they do. Like they do. Like they'll make a. I, I have sat. Now this is a Sam. Like I, I done told Terry. Like if this man mm-hmm. asks me for my receipt, like I, I literally watch him do three, four people in front of me, right? Different races, okay? Mm-hmm. And never pick through mm-hmm. their stuff or look over it and dig through it to see or how many items they have. You know, right. pick up one thing, scan a receipt. Okay, good. Thank you. Well, he gets to me and it's like. He's counting my items. He's like, oh, did you pay for this? I don't see this on there. Mind you, this one particular day, I had two separate transactions, but I used the same Sam's card. And the guy told me, the other guy told me once before, hey, if you, you know, pay with the same card, then it'll pull up however many receipts you did that day. Like, it's not just going to be one receipt. It's going to group them all together. And all they have to do is scan the item and you know, curious if you paid for it or not. Well, he literally, like, counted my items in my basket. And I'm like, dude, every time I come, this same guy does this to me. Until the last time he did it, um, which was about a month ago. And I went reporting him because I literally sat there and watched him do this over and over again. And crazy because oh, no. he's not white either. <laughs> you know, it, but it's... No, like this racism can happen from any any race, you know, and it's you know, it, it's sad that people treat yeah just blacks that way, you know. It's sad. Like, why can't I come to the store and pay for my items just like that lady in front of me just did, or just like that man in front of me just did? You and you would think if like you that. go why there enough and he know I mean, maybe he doesn't know your face because he sees thousands of shoppers, but like if you do this to someone all the time, you would think if you haven't found anything, you just let them go on about their business. Right. And I do. I go to sounds probably at least once a week. At <laughs> least. So it, it's pretty frequently. So, Pup, I have to ask, with you being a new driver, right? So he just got his permit. He thinks he's, you know, a boss, a whole adult out in these streets. Um... <laughs> Do you... Yes, he, he qualified for his license in today. Oh, so don't, Jesus. Don't give him, don't Watch out, world. Be fully licensed. <laughs> Do you ever get nervous about, like, the, or the thought of being pulled over by a cop? Because, you know, Drake Carr was only pulled over like one time. He tells about this all the time. And he said he he was so nervous because he was in the Mustang. Y'all, my brother has a Mustang that has, you know, it's all done up. It has a bigger engine and the big street tires and all of that. So he, he usually drives it fine. He was just driving in our little town and he got pulled over. I can't remember what it was for, but he was so nervous when the officer (laughs) got up to the window he was like, hey, dude, it's okay. Like, you can you can relax, like, which ended good because it could have been like, why are you so nervous? Can you get out the car? Can you let us search the car? So it could have went south, right. but it didn't. But he was nervous and, like, you know, shaking. He was telling the officer, he was like, I just don't want anything to happen. And this guy at least was sympathetic. Um, so I'm just curious, Pup, does it ever cross your mind? Because y'all have a lot of cops like a lot y'all even have the little things on the side of the road that take you take your tag (laughs) freaking go too fast so you're always going to be around officers how do you feel about that when you're driving now um it never leaves my mind the moment i get in the car to the moment i get out like wherever i'm going anytime i drive i'm 
especially like I always think about it if I get pulled over what I'm do like like I'm just nervous about it and like like if I do see a police if they're behind me for thinking and I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna do if I do get pulled over like like is it gonna go good or not like do I even pull over in general because like I've thought about that before like it I was that scared. Please pull on someone. All right. He was like, I was, I was just saying, I was like, Dude. I was like, I don't know. Like, I just get nervous about it. And well, I, I think the most important thing is knowing your rights, right? Knowing what yeah. you can and don't have to do. Yeah. Knowing <laughs> what's acceptable, you know, because it's of being able to say, yeah. no, you can't search my car. No, you don't have the right to search my car yeah. without being disrespectful, but also still letting them know that you're respecting them because some of them will get bigoted and see like, oh, what you what you got something to hide, you know, and it'll it'll turn left really bad. I'm really fast, but know your rights. Learn your rights. That's the best thing I can tell you. And you know, it's sad to say we can say know our rights, but do we really have them? Do we own rights? Do we have rights? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they make it feel like they can strip you down to nothing. Yep. Like you have, they tell you, oh, you you got rights, you got this, and they didn't do this, but they don't get reprimanded. We do. It's so frustrating for me when I've seen you know, videos and things where people are like, well, they should have just complied. They should have just listened to the officer X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, but half the time or when the people do, it still doesn't always go well. We've seen that before time and time again, where people Mm -hmm. comply and they're doing all the right, the right, you know, that's in quotes things and still Mm -hmm. end up dead. And it doesn't make any sense. Yep. I, I I know a good um a good amount of the brutality that we've seen has been unarmed black people. Like these people didn't even see this coming. And most of the time when they're running, it's because they are scared. Don't nobody want to get pulled over. Don't nobody want to get stopped because everybody's scared of what's gonna happen if they do. Right. Whether they're doing wrong or not doing wrong, it's still the conscious thought. Just like Jamarian just said, it's a conscious thought in your mind. Oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? Is it just gonna be he's gonna pull me over? But why is he pulling you over in the first place? Is is the first question you need to ask. No, and then you move how they ask you. Hey, young man, step out of the car step out with your hands up just so they can see them don't make no movements you know just follow direction you know and it's sad that we have to basically rehearse these things with our kids you know like tell them you know this is what you should do this is what you shouldn't do you know don't wear a hoodie don't do this like like we losing our identity we can't even be who we want to be because you might get gunned down you you might get you know brutalized for that and it's crazy because you know I tell Jamar all the time this boy wear a jacket in the summertime <laughs> you know and he he's leaving out the house in the morning sometimes with a hoodie on his head it's dark this six one guy is walking through you know this was back when school was he's walking through the yard with a hoodie on <laughs> you know but it's it's like you know, this is this is me as a parent just thinking, and I'm like, I always pray, you know, in the mornings, and I'm always, you know, he will call me when he got home and things like that, and it's just got to be like, okay, he's going to be fine, he's going to be fine, you know, but it's still a thought in my head that I have a huge son <laughs> that I worry about. And that's crazy. You know, it's yeah, it's like I, I worry about him when I send him to the store. You know, um, I, a lot of um prejudiceness in 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 these areas. And hell, I work hard. If I want to live wherever I choose to want to live, 
you know, that's that's my business. I shouldn't have to feel out of place in an area that I'm living in. Right. You know, like it, it's surprising almost when you have a conversation with some people and you tell them you live and they like, oh, you live there? Like, what the hell do that mean? Yes, I got money just like you. I get up and go to work just like you. See, yes, that's, that's a microaggression right there. Like, they may not even mean, you know, mean it in a, in a way that's intentional, but those little right. things like that still are a form of racism. Right. Like, Absolutely. that's crazy. Yes, I live there. Why are you surprised? <laughs> right <laughs> yes i can articulate my sentence why is that a surprise would you say that to your other counterparts exactly no i was just saying like they do that a lot like at school you know you know you could tell them where you live or mm-hmm. they will already have their thoughts about where you live before you even like say it Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's only a couple amount of like black people there, right? So like, when they see, you, they might think you live, you know, in central. Because like yeah, the, because there are. I think city. every area has a hood, and every area has, yeah. you know, a suburb. Right. And where we live is a suburb area, but we also do have over here too. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like if you, you know, if you tell them, oh, I live in Northwood, oh, you live on the, you, you live on the good side or the bad side, you know, like mm-hmm. that's why does it matter and and unfortunately they think that the bulk of the black people that live in central mm-hmm. are in the area where central it's woods, central right? woods yeah like they always say you live in central woods i'm like no yes, i don't live in central yes, woods I live in like, woods. like that's the mentality that my son is dealing with and this is in high school so that actually makes me think of something else i have to ask um sis if you remember after Katrina, Jamari, you were still a baby, like a baby baby. And, baby, you know, right. we were in Katrina. We were in Mississippi. We were about maybe, I don't even know if it was a mile from the beach. And so, of course, our house got messed up and we happened to be in the attic. Got about four, four and a half feet of water in the house. And when we got mm-hmm. down, um, this might have been a day later. It wasn't the same day. It wasn't the 29th because we had woke up. You had Jamarian on your hip. Me, you, and my mom went down the street. You know, just everybody was out of their houses. Everybody's looking and kind of searching around for stuff. And this man in a black, I believe it was a Durango. He was a white man. He literally stopped Mm -hmm. us because we were down the street. We were on the other, I say the other side of Washington or the other side of Martin, Mm -hmm. not Washington. Um, And... It was where the bigger houses were, but we lived in a fairly large house ourselves, not further down the street, because this street was divided into three parts, y'all. It was like we had duplexes on one side, which was a little more hood. Then you get to the middle part of Martin, which is where we live. It was more suburbs. They had really nice houses. Then you get to the next side, the third side, which was a little bit closer to the beach. So the houses were even larger. So, you know, we had walked on to right. the other side, not that it wasn't still our street. And that man stopped us and he literally asked right. us, he said, well, where are you guys from? And my mom was like, you know, we live down the street, like, because it was literally down the street, probably 500 feet down the street. Right. And he told us, right. oh, well, y'all need to get back where y'all belong. As though other people were not literally all walking out, that all those people did not live in right. that part and it didn't register right. until like but who are you riding down the street right it was literally like a minute later for me where it clicked oh my god he just made that was that was a racist moment right there like and and it took everything in me not to pick up a rock because i easily could have picked one up and threw it throw it at his back window it <laughs> made me so mad and that story still makes me mad till this day because i'm like Dude, really? Who are you? Everyone's lost everything. No one wants to rob or take anything from you because we're the only black people who happen to be standing here right now. Right, absolutely. Like we are you literally know, and that, all that's where our anger comes from. Ugh. So I get it. The whole, oh, you live there, you know, they used to do that to me. I was in middle school, but 
someone, some some stupid white boy swore they walked by my house and smelled weed. Uh, no, you didn't, because my dad and my mom do not smoke weed. Like, don't assume right. we're selling well, drugs I mean, or whatever because we live in this nice part of town. Right, but it's crazy to judge. But the damn drugs that they do, baby, let's not go there <laughs> because <laughs> yours is way worse than a little weed. You know, let's not go there. It's, it, it, we get put down for everything. It's so sad, but you know, they, they smoke weed, it's cool. They pop pills, it's cool. We do it, we down bad, we told it. It's, it's like it's, it's sad what what blacks have to go through and deal with. I mean, yeah, we've seen that. Literally, we've seen that with with weed, for instance. That's the big hype thing now, right? So yeah, black right. people, you know, decide to sell it, whatever. Not saying that it's okay, but my point is they, they're selling right. weed, making the money however they need to, and get thrown in jail. It could even be a little bitty joint, like a half of a joint get in jail for 20 30 Absolutely. years now it's Let's popular about- and it's in cookies and it's in edibles right. and and it's okay because now it's regulated by the government so what happens to these people right. that are locked up for it thank you they're sitting in jail for 20 years for a damn blunt but you let a rapist get out in three years they're still around here looking and lurking and tr- trying to figure out who their next victim is like Let's talk about how the judicial system is such a damn letdown when it comes to crimes and penalties. You know, like even the penalties on the officers that are doing these these brutalities, you know, even like where is the penalty? There aren't any you know, but administrative you, you, leave. Exactly. Which means they get paid to, to sit at home for killing their man. Yes. But I go to jail for smoking a blunt or having a bag of weed on me for five to ten years. And again, but Joe Blow over here <laughs> gets rehab. He gets, oh, he have a problem, so we're going to send him to a 28-day program. Right. It's crazy. If we, if we, ain't got, if, if we don't have the money to have a good lawyer, baby, you can hang it up. Or, or better, better yet, your lawyer that have connections with that DA or that area because you, I'm telling you, you got to hang it up if you, if you want to be a a black person that may have a little bit of something going on in your life. And let's say you smoke a little weed from, excuse me, okay, because people that use cocaine recreationally, and I'm talking about big dogs, you know, people that are that are sitting on these benches in these courts these DAs and stuff like that, like they have what you call coke party. So, where you getting your coke from? Is it coming out of the uh, the cabinets? At, at the, uh, <laughs> the courthouse? You it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like where you getting your stuff from? Or are you meeting your guy at 6 o'clock in the evening, you know, on this street at this store, you know, getting your supplies? But, but what I'm saying is, okay, let's say I have a good job and I do all this stuff right, but I like to smoke. It's a thing that comes to me. I ain't in the people's streets. I ain't bothering nobody, but I smoke. So, okay, I'm going down the street. I get pulled over. You smell something, right? Let's say you're the officer and you say, oh, I smell marijuana, you know, because it may be on my clothes, right? I get treated differently automatically. Cocaine ain't, ain't got no smell to it. You just you know, don't have some big dilated pupils. Yeah, you know, but you know, I get put down uh for 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 that marijuana. Yeah, absolutely. Probation or whatever. Now I got now I have a record, now I have all this. But Joe Blow and I've seen this happen so many times. Joe Blow going the court system. And I actually studied a case like this. I you know, I have my degree in criminal mm-hmm. justice, so I'm all about learning about the judicial system and you know our rights and what it takes and the movements and stuff like that so on for the political side of it it's having connections in these 
powerful. If you got a lawyer, you better have one that know a lot of people. You better have one that have connections that know somebody that can not get you slammed down in the book thrown at you for a, a, a smell of weed or for probable cause, you know, or you might have found a bag in my car. You know, or oh Lord, don't let me have my gun on me and I got the little bag of weed because now I got an intent to distribute. Like, it ain't even enough to be an ounce, but you, you charging me for this and that. Like, I'm telling you, it is sad. And we get it all the time. They come in and have a problem. The judge ordered me to get a, a, psych, a psyche valve and, you know, it's just marijuana. That like that's that that's their mindset. It's just weed. People don't even it's see weed true. as a substance abuse issue. Mm-mm. I'm telling you, they when when they when they get sent in for substance abuse and it's marijuana, they think that we crazy when we say, yes, marijuana can be an addiction. It turns into something else. Mm-hmm. But you know, just to say, you know, it, it's when you're dealing with color with the stuff that's going on between the different races we see that our punishments are way more severe yes and yes the fact that they are legalizing marijuana why is it that people are still sitting in jail for people ain't got no nothing else on their record they ain't did nothing they ain't knocked nobody's head off but they had weed that's why now they ruined by all these right? other behaviors in jail all the other things I just get I that I think that's the biggest frustration for me with this movement and not the movement but the counter movements you know all lives matter or what about black on black crime first of all that's not a real freaking thing so stop saying it no one says what and about white on white crime or Asian on Asian exactly <laughs> like, right what? and they can't say that we can talk about it because it's us they nobody else can say this shit like we can say we can stand up and tell you know have a, a neighborhood meeting and say y'all this is what we need to do this is how we need to fix it let's have some regards for our own lives and then we can have somebody stand up and listen to us for this situation it has to get better within us because we expect it to okay absolutely we can talk about that they can't you can't say that you can't stand in my face and tell me because what you're saying is is that you justifying it because yes. it's happening here, it's happening there. But everybody is different. You know, this this guy over here that might have killed this little young boy at the store, man, th- some people just don't have regards for no life, period. No matter the race, no matter the whatever. P- that's just a person. That's a personal thing. Um, and no matter how much you talk to somebody, if that's how they feel, bubble you know all of us you know all of us in that bubble and say well y'all need to stop doing nothing let's not go there you know it it doesn't justify y'all right like it it doesn't nullify what's happening there but the other thing is you know when a black person kills another black person Nine times out of ten, they go to jail for it. They go through the justice system. They do X, Y, and Z. They get put away. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they make right. But if you talk away. about That's a cop it. killing a black person, again, what happens? They get administrative leave. They go to court. Nothing happens. They get acquitted. They get to go they on. They get thrown and out, and they get another job. Exactly. Another like I, yep. I, it, it's a huge difference. And you can literally go and look up all these major cases that happen and you will see not one of the officers who's been involved in these cases ever gets, you know, actually put in jail. And that's what's so frustrating for me is because these people that they're killing are still people. I don't care if they were running away from you in the street. They're running away. You as an officer, that means you get off your fat ass and you go and you chase them down and then you put them in cuffs. You don't shoot them in the back. That's literally not self-defense. How are you how are you worried about your life or in imminent danger if you shoot someone in the back while they're running away? Running from you. Right. That's right. just you not doing your job. They ain't running towards you. They're running from you. Right. They run away from you. 
And if your fat ass can't run, then you don't need to be on <laughs> Girl, these officers out here be I don't understand why physical requirements are not done. Yeah, like I don't understand. If you gotta take a physical to get on the depart to the department, mm-hmm. right? To to most of these uh most of these departments anyway, but some of your smaller towns, the physicals aren't as extensive. Um, but I remember when I was going out for the academy and oh <laughs> baby when I tell you some of these police departments don't play no games when it comes to these physicals. It's tiresome. I would go out. I felt like a rant over dog, you know, and it was like, <laughs> man, I am tired. Like, this is this is a lot, but I think it should be required ever so often. If you have to recertify for your post, which is your, um, you know, being able to, to carry your right. weapon. If you have to recertify for that, if you have to do target training, right, you do all this stuff but y'all don't retrain on what's not allowed. You don't retrain on the new laws and what's coming out. Just like the knee on the neck now is supposed to be banned. Have y'all had videos, trainings to show this is what you don't do. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. No, they're not training anybody. They're not training them, retraining them on being physically fit to encounter and what to do. If somebody's running away from you, like you said, that don't justify you shooting them in the back. You, like you said, you get up off your ass and you run behind them. You keep running till you catch them or you call them back up. And y'all all all just, y'all start running from different damn directions. But that doesn't mean you shoot them down and they didn't have no weapon. They wasn't coming towards you. You cannot claim self-defense. If you tell me I can't, in some areas, I can't shoot somebody for intruding in my home what right you broke into my house and i can't do you anything bang, bang, bang. and i get charged that's what i'm about to do I ain't no talking yeah you know but y'all can you know they they can justify oh it was self-defense no it wasn't do you know what self-defense is self-defense is Let's let's talk about a, a definition, a term that I studied and I made sure I knew what it meant. Self-defense is when somebody is using a likable force. Okay. So, Jamarin, if you coming at me with um a knife or a butter knife, let's let's yeah. let's just go extreme and say you got a yeah, you like, oh, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> and then I pull out, yeah, and I pull out my gun, right? What could you have done to me with that butter knife? Now, you might have could have gouged my eyes. You know, so self-defense is proven on so many different levels because you could have taken me down just by size, right? So I could have said, well, I felt intimidated because he was bigger than me and he was holding that knife up to my eyeball like he was about to do this, so I defended myself first. Mm-hmm. Me and a female that could all that plays a factor. You get what I'm saying? So self-defense is very hard to prove, but it ain't hard to prove when they do it. Well, apparently, when they do it, not hard. It ain't hard for cops, apparently. Right. It's a it's major a problem. problem. That's the first thing they say. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought I saw a gun. What? You thought? You need to know. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely need to know. Hearsay is not acceptable. No, it's not. Or you, what you thought? It, I think that's why. Come on, man. If it's inadmissible in court, how how is it not inadmissible? Like somebody can't come and say, "Oh, I thought that's who I saw standing <laughs> over them." You know what they're gonna say? You ain't a credible witness. Mm-hmm. You can't say what I thought it was. So no, you should know. You know, with a lot of these cases, yeah, they they be like, "Oh, I thought he had a gun. I thought such and such." What? Yeah, like you need to know. You need to know. You need to see it. You need to see a weapon. <laughs> I'm sorry. That makes me think of the phrase you thought you farted, but you shit. <laughs> yes. Like That's a big he, difference, bro. That's true. I, it's a huge difference. <laughs> huge difference. Um, so, 
So sort of as we think about things and, and kind of start to wrap up, I have, a, do you guys believe in the whole idea of like defunding the police? Cause there's some myths around that, that I feel like are important to discuss in this, this too. Um, I, I don't know because I feel like in certain areas and situations, you know, when things happen, we need um, police around. Um, and it, it's certain things. I, I don't know. So, I don't know. That's, that's really well, let me of- ask, what do you think it is? Because I feel like you might be aligned or have the idea in mind, which is maybe not what it is. So what do you think that means? Um, I really don't know because when when you say defund something, mm-hmm. that means take away from what? Like, what are you? What are you trying to stop? What are you trying to cut back or yeah. cut down? And, you know, I think the things that they are using money for is a waste because clearly it's not on the proper trainings. Clearly, it's not on making sure that these techniques and stuff are learned and holding them accountable you know right. like I don't, I, I don't i don't know what what is defunding what would explain that to me so i mean if it makes more sense you know um school uh not schools um governments defund schools all the time mental health is defunded it's basically taking absolutely taking money or out of like this budget and moving it or allocating it somewhere else. So the way they're talk, they talk about defund the police. It's not saying get rid of the police force, but what it's saying is take some of their budget and their funding because they things cops don't even need to be involved with in cases of mental health. Absolutely, you can have an officer there of, on like I'll say a fifty one fifty call. Mm-hmm. But they're there for backup. You should have a social worker or someone who knows how to handle mental health, someone who has schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. Right. So that's the idea. You take that funding, you give it to these entities that need it, that are going to work in conjunction with officers. But the officers are not always the first response. When someone is homeless, you bring a social worker or a case management worker out to those people and you try and get them the the housing they need and get them the resources. Cops shouldn't be doing that because all they're going to do most times is take them to jail or take them to mental health and then they get out of there and then they go right back on the street and it just starts all over again. That's not what cops are there for. Cops are there to protect. If someone breaks in your house, absolutely. You need an officer. Right. Right. But for things that could be handled, you know, by other people who are trained in it, that's what needs to happen. Right. And I get that. Like, just speaking of, because we had to send, you know, the cops somebody's house recently for a wellness check. And um, I absolutely understand because I don't understand why cops are in mental health for the simple fact that when somebody is mental... It is a real life disease. This is something that a cop has no training and understanding on. So how do you expect somebody to be able to understand when a schizophrenic person is having an active episode? Right? You a cop, you go pull up at somebody's house and they're in this manic state. And they're scared. They're not coming out because they think somebody is out there to get them or they hear these things, they see mm-hmm. these things and you as a person who clearly feel like you in your right mind you have no understanding of what this person is talking about thinking. or thinking right, but then they start acting erratically and then maybe now a mental person may be handled the wrong way which invokes more behavior yes I just I, I, yeah 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 I, I think that if they're going to be involved with such things then they need trainings on such things but absolutely with especially with mental health like we're the lowest paid system <laughs> out there but need the most help mm-hmm. like the people need the most help in, in, in mental health yes and can't get it can't get it and then you lose good clinicians because they're not getting paid enough to deal with all right. the, you know, crazy things that we see and things that happen. Of right. course. Then you got to take that stuff. 
Right? It's just like teachers, you know, they, they don't get paid Stories, enough. You have to get it out. Right. It's just, it's, it's crazy. So, right. I think. Right. It is. So, yeah, I, I agree with some sorts of defunding, especially right. if it's not being used properly. Like, give it back to the areas that need it the most or or invest in training, invest in getting you some therapists yeah. on your police force. So when, when you hire people, right. you are doing staff. the correct things and you're assessing for these kind of things. So you can say, oh, you know what? I don't know if they need to be an officer. They might need to work right. in a different field. Right. Just like, you know, what you're involved in now with the employee assistance thing, right? Have that set up so that right. your officers have an outlet so that your whoever you know has an outlet because people be dealing with a lot of stuff internally people be dealing with stuff personally at home and these officers might have they might get called up out their bed at two o'clock in the morning you know you don't know who cheating on who who doing what and then they go out they get a call boom somebody dead why why because they dealing with other shit and the pressure is to take care of the situation, and Girl, I just don't feel like because their wife was in an entanglement with Billy Bob Thornton down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right? And oh, we can talk about that too. Like we're gonna wrap up, but just to talk about that too, they get away with so Ooh, much when it yes. comes to battery, assault on the spouse. Oh my goodness, it's so much stuff that gets swept under the rug because they are protected by a union. And they they stick it out for each other. They lie. Spouses have came up dead, missing, all this kind of stuff, you know. And guess what? It's yes. water under the bridge. So the same way officers protect one another, right? Which not, obviously, I'm not saying that it's completely okay, mm-hmm. especially not in the case of domestic violence. But the way officers protect one another and would do anything to make sure that person is okay and you know gets the justice that they need so in the instance of officer killing is the same way black lives matter is is headed you know that's what we're trying to do protect one another make sure people are getting the justice that they deserve it's this it's not a hard concept if you can understand when people say you know breast cancer walks and and walks for the march of dimes for infants and all of that how can you not understand Black Lives Matter? No one is saying right. other cancers don't matter. No one is saying other toddlers and babies right. don't matter. Just like no one is saying white people's lives don't matter. Right. I would never, ever utter that statement because that's not true. But in order for right. Black right. lives to matter, we have to have equality. And I just don't, I hope it happens Absolutely. in my lifetime with the way, you know, the society is going out. It's kind of made me happy because there's so many people doing things like calling out their parents and, you know, this TikTok generation is nuts <laughs> and I love it. Oh girl. I, I, learned, keep up. I learned more on TikTok than school or anything in general. Like, <laughs> like, like you can get on TikTok and learn. So much whether it be about history or things they haven't taught in school about yes. race, about really just anything. Like you just learn more on videos and stuff, and whether it be about the government and people are telling them to be careful, or they end up getting a video taken down, you know, because they either said something about the truth or you know spoke it. And it's I don't know. It's like you just learn. You I really just, like, can. I've like I, I've from, been on there and I've looked at some things. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh what wait a minute now i need to go look this up myself so like you know you can check your resources and things but i'm telling you these apps and these younger kids they're they're learning things and they're doing things the right way in my eyes they're standing up for what they believe in and i think it's awesome and i will be there to hand you a capri sun if you want because i have to have a job and work but you go out there and march your little (laughs) heart away i support you though Right, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I, I just, I had one more thing to say. How do you feel about Nick Cannon, man? Um, so what part? Because I think he's fine. If that's what you ask me. 
<laughs> no, with them removing his um his shows from you know Viacom like, with with like uh, yeah, like they took him completely. I I feel like <laughs> I get so frustrated thinking about that. So I'll be honest, I didn't watch the entire clip or you know his radio show, whatever it was. So I didn't hear his exact statements. Mm-hmm. But from my understanding. He didn't say anything that was actually like, you know, anti-semantic. I could be wrong. Like I said, I haven't listened. I'd have to do that. But I think he should have been given a a chance to apologize if he did. And I don't think they handled it the right way because there are so many people. I mean, if we're talking about, you know, black and white, there are so many white people who have said things that are off the wall like um Tucker mm-hmm. Carlson on Fox which I mean yeah we know Fox News is racist but the point is oh, girl, they get away and Fox. have networks and shows and it's okay and they can apologize after the fact I don't feel like he was ever given that chance mm-hmm. he said something maybe it was something he should not have said but they pulled everything before he even had a chance oh, to come out right ball. that's what I'm saying and like this man has helped build up half of these networks you know how much he did for nickelodeon and how he kept wild and out like going yes. and kept mtv going with wild and out on there yes and you, you just pull pull it you know pull the the rug from under him he literally gave so many people a platform um so many up and coming yes so many people that we watched on Facebook we watched these different memes and all this kind of stuff and he gave these people a platform and you didn't you didn't just hurt him you hurted our culture like that was that was a big thing and it's like why do we have to be apologetic about having a damn voice why do we have to be stepping on eggshells for saying something that you know and he wholeheartedly believes I hell yeah like and if he you know if he felt like he wanted to apologize they like you said they didn't even give him the opportunity right like and I I feel like it's gonna end up crazy because people already try to say well black people you know they say racist things no actually that's not how it works because racism involves a power dynamic it involves a person of power Mm -hmm. black people do not have power now prejudice Absolutely. You can say prejudice things as a black person. That is very right. true. I'm not saying that. Right. However, I feel like if something like that happens, it's going to immediately involve repercussions and no apology where it yep. has where it had it before prior to this anyway. For white people, that's not how it happened. It would be like time and time and time again. They're given a chance. They get to try and fix things. Their stuff wasn't pulled from the radio unless it was something that was just like blatant in your face, you know, maybe saying the N-word, you know, or or something that that had to be to that caliber. You know, right. But look what happened with Kaepernick. You know, look, did they they tell Drew Brees he couldn't play because of the statement that he made? (laughs) No. 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 Okay. And I, I, you know, I I love the Saints. You know what I'm saying? And I, 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 I think eventually people colors come out, if I might say. Mm-hmm. You know, people just because you can you can play alongside somebody for twenty years and never know that this person actually felt this way until they are put in a situation where they have to say something or they feel the need to just get it out, you know. So you know, I don't I don't fault nobody for saying how they right. feel. This this is this is what you can do. This is what this is the world that we live in. Nobody should have to be apologetic for having feelings about how they feel, you know, but it does need to be respectful. I agree. I agree. I guess in all senses, it you know, I respectful. guess with freedom of speech, there isn't necessarily freedom from consequences. And although I think it sucked hmm. the way that it was handled, I guess this is his consequence, but I think, I think he's going to come yep. back. 10 times bigger he's gonna come maybe this is a push for us to say hey let's get more black platforms and networks out there so we can get our stuff shown and we can have places for us you know as black people that's exactly what i said i said we need to push for more of our own networks yes yep 
Absolutely. It's like they don't say nothing until they get mad about it. Oh, yeah, because I, I mean, Jamari said he feels like he know a lot of people, well, white people, that has hidden racism. Like, they don't say nothing until something happens. You get what I'm oh. saying? Or, like, you never knew that this person felt this way until, until something, something happened on Facebook and then everybody started coming. you like, yeah, well, damn. This. You and know what? Well, let me unfriend her because I ain't know she felt like this. <laughs> right. You know Tell me saying? how you really feel. <laughs> You're like, what is yeah, like whether it be on a game or just in school in general, like, like it could just be anybody, you know, like they could be joking and laughing with you or something. But you know, if you hurt them in a certain way, or hurt their feelings, you know, you know, to a certain and then extent, it come out. yeah, it'll come out. And they, but well, you know, you know, like they just start calling you a nigger and stuff like that. And like it's just, I don't know, it's 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 like it's like you never knew that's how they felt about it, right? Or about us in general, right? right. And I, I, you know, I think people mm-hmm. have time to show their ass. You know, you, given the right situation, the right moment, you'll see it. Then that's when the stereotypes come out, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just how you gonna react to it, how you gonna respond to it. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's one of the greatest benefits of this is because I can see who really is my ally and who really cares and who's really going to make stupid statements. So I don't, I know like, this is not somebody I want to be friends with. Like, so right. please come out. Tell me, really tell me what you think. Tell so me who I, you are. I can choose if I want you in my life or not. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, this was fun. I agree. Even though it was a serious topic, I think it was necessary. So yes. hopefully you guys, you know, have have your own thoughts and we'd love to hear some of those, um, you know, share with us on social media, get in touch with us on the phone, text, whatever, you know, send a bat signal, yes. whatever, <laughs> whatever you need <laughs> yes, to do to get your point across. Send us some details, let us know how you feel about it, let us know if there's something you want to talk about, you know, if you... If you it's a subject that you may feel like you want to talk about, but you don't necessarily want to say it, send it to us. We'll say it. You know, we'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. Right. We'll do it for you, sis. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, like I said, you guys can also email us again, period, with a T, sis, the podcast at gmail.com. You can tell us your thoughts. Um, and so we'll see you guys next week, right? All right, guys. Thanks for tuning Bye, in. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>